and I must keep running, running, and 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 running, Everybody and welcome to episode 171 of the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jim. I'll be joined by Brandone in just a minute when we'll go through a what if Gwen Stacy had lived and also World War Hulk number two. But before we get into that, let me tell you where you can find us all over the place. You can go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. If you follow us, we'll follow you back. You can go to our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, where we're going to be reviewing all of the new books, including the new books that are coming out Wednesday, the digital-only books that Marvel is releasing, uh, and we'll have the reviews up for those tomorrow as you're if you're listening to this right away you may be listening at some other time so i don't know why i'm putting that time stamp on it but on that wednesday we'll have those we also have a patreon account at patreon.com slash weird science where you can go and listen to a ton of shows as well as supporting us for this podcast the dc podcast if you listen to that and all that other stuff one of the big things that we do each week is have a patreon only spotlight where we me and brandon do two books it comes out every wednesday night and we've been doing some classic stuff up until now but with the new books out those have been picked in the poll by the bad butts of the Fresh Start crew. Beep boop. And it looks like I'm going to be talking Star Wars Dr. Afra number one, the new Dr. Afra series. And me and Brandon are going to be talking about Ant Man number four. So we'll have two of those new books that you can only hear on the Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash weird science. But we're going to go on to these. And as these, these things come out and as this goes on, we're going to continue to do world war hulk until we're done that's a five issue deal we will do that until we're done when we have new books to mix in we will do that if not we will do a what if issue again this first one will be what if gwen stacy had lived and so yeah we're going to start mixing in all of the new books some things that i've caught up on i'll have on my spotlight shows all the other shows that come out as i still continue to catch up on the x-men books and things like that but let's just get on with it and join in with brandon all right and brandon is here the guy is drunk he is drunk. Are you I drunk? Wish. Is, no. is, is drunk that true? Dr. That Pepper is, tonight. Ah, yeah. uh, yes. You're, you're having the doctor. I, I In college, I used to drink George Dickel whiskey and Dr. Pepper and just call it Dr. Dickel. And oh, I, I used bad. to like that. I, I like that combo <laughs> of whiskey and Dr. Pepper back in my drinking days. But those days are long gone. And we're here to talk two books tonight. Two books as we get ready to start mixing in some new books next week. We'll see what we're going to be mixing in once we see what we're definitely doing on the Patreon spotlight. All of that stuff. See what we're caught up on. See what you want to talk about. I know one of the books that we'll probably be able to talk about is agents uh, of the our Avengers of the Wasteland. 
Agents of the Wasteland. Avengers of the Wasteland will probably be one of the books that we talk about next week, but we'll see if we have some others. But this week we're going to be talking What If Gwen Stacy Had Lived and also World War Hulk. And we're going to start with the What If. What If Gwen Stacy Had Lived, which came out December 1980. It is What If number 24, written by Tony Isabella, pencils by Gil Kane and Frank Giacoa. Now the inkers. There's a lot of them. Gil Kane, Frank Giacoa again, Carl Gafford, Peter Poplaski, Ron Zalmi, Joe Abuelo. I, there, there's a ton Everyone in of the office people got involved. A turn ink yeah, in this thing. I, I guess they each did a page. Uh, and it is a little bit oversized, but I don't understand. Colors by Carl Gafford and letters by Tom Orzachowski. And even on the cover, you end up having Green Goblin say, or at least it looks like he's saying it. It's just there on it right above him. At last, most eagerly awaited. What if of all, whatever you do, Spider-Man, don't save her, it says. But the (laughs) idea of this makes me laugh because they're still going to play around with the idea that Spidey had nothing to do with, with killing Gwen, even though. Pretty much, he snapped her neck. I, I yeah. mean, I've I've he heard a lot of her, people like the webbing and, yeah. and how it grabbed her, and and that's the way I kind of look at it. It's that he may not have tried to kill her, but he didn't save her. And yeah, he ended up. And even in when I did the Marvels podcast, when I went through that series on the Patreon, you ended up having Kurt Busiek and Alex Ross pretty much. Yeah, yeah, this Peter who ended up snapping her neck with the idea of the shock killing her remember when they said well the shock would have killed her anyway but she was passed out that you yeah. can't have shock so yeah he snapped her neck but so with this you science you play, wasn't as good in 1980 yeah yeah and i i actually thought they were just gonna play with the idea that her neck didn't snap but it's that he went about it a different way and, and when you start out you start out pretty much with the actual event going on yeah. in, in this world where and then Peter's replayed sitting there. with very slight yeah. differences. <laughs> yeah, and Peter's sitting there thinking, you know, oh man, I still miss Gwen. Now, there's a couple things that are, are a little bothersome in my mind in this. It, the timing of how long has gone on and he's there because when you ended up having that original clone saga where Gwen's yeah, uh, you know, clone came back. That was only a couple months in Marvel time of this. This is a year later almost, and he's sitting there at this point. Him and Mary Jane were getting pretty cozy, yeah. and he just leaves Mary Jane in the dust in this. And it's you know almost a year. You know, one year to this night. This is when I lost Gwen Stacy, and I can't get her out of my mind. He's sitting there thinking about her, and I do think it's funny with her big face there. Right in front of him in the sky, like he's gone insane. Uh, and he ends up thinking, you know, if I only could have stopped it, if I only could have saved her. He's thinking, uh, you know, every time I go past that coffee shop where you ended up spilling the coffee on my pants, I remember you're like nonsense like that. That does happen. And and where Tony Isabella is writing this in my mind, it is writing it for not people who have lost, unfortunately, their loves to to murder or things like that. It's just like breakups. Everybody can, you know, go along with that. Oh yeah. I know how that is when that girl dumped my butt. And then I, you know, remember it feels great. Yeah. He's, he's thinking of all this thinking back at the, and like I said, I was actually shocked that we were going to go through a flashback of pretty much that they say it on the, the front, the, what if that you've all been waiting for, if you did not know the story of Gwen Stacy dying, 
then there's really no reason to be here anyway, right? Because yeah. you end up going through it like, hey, we have to recap everybody. It happened a long time ago. I, I think most no. people know the story, but yeah. they're going to go through it. And you end up where her neck snaps. He ends up bringing her up. You don't have that loud snap in this that you did originally. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the subtle way yeah. they showed it in the first one. Yeah, so you end up having... Peter, you know, just thinking of the whole deal. Ah, man, I, I ended up screwing up. I wish I could take it back. I wish I could figure things out, but I'll always love you. I'll always miss you. Sayonara, sucker, and goes off. Well, you see the watcher is doing what he does. You know what he does? He watches. He He's watching here, and he's thinking of Peter, thinking of the idea, well, you know, there kind of are these alternate timelines, and, and even though it would probably blow Peter's mind if he knew this, there are these different worlds there are different earths all these different things that things are a little different where just the slight differences can mean a lot and then you go back to relive it again and so it does start i think that pretty much the first 10 pages uh, they are a bit of a slog in my mind because once you go back to replaying it but with that little twist the little twist is just at the end the little twist is, so why start out again with him fighting Goblin, Goblin talking trash and all this going on? And you are reminded, a big thing in my mind, you are reminded that he had the flu. He was sick. He was yeah. very sick at that point. I think that uh, plays a factor in her death, too, because, you know, he's tired, so his mind isn't clear when he, he goes to save her, and that leads to some problems along the way. And, so. and where I thought, what what I thought we were going to do, I thought when we went back and, and replayed this in this little alternate deal, I thought that Peter was going to say, like, boy, I'm glad I got over that sickness. Yeah, because what happens later doesn't really work well with me because he does end up instead of, and he's about to, you know, web Gwen's ankle. He's about to save her that way. And at the last second, he decides to swing down and try to catch her. And I do like the idea, though, that it still looks like. Both of them died then because they end up Spidey misses where he's trying to attach another web to the bridge, grab Gwen and swing away. And he misses and they both end up in the river. And that's where Goblin thinks that they're dead. And he goes off to celebrate. He goes off to tell <laughs> everybody a, he knows. such a prototypical villain move. Don't even need to oh, yeah. see the bodies. Nope. They're done. And he's like, yep, nobody came up from that water. I am going to go celebrate by telling everybody in town that I killed Spider. And how many times have we seen this where a villain goes off to just brag about, hey, I killed Spider-Man. So that means I'm a number one. And you see here. What I always think, that doesn't mean that everybody else is just going to follow you because he goes to talk to all these gangsters. In the meantime, Peter does end up coming up with Gwen. And Gwen, at this point, she's dead and he has to revive her. He ends up giving her CPR and she does come back. But he is so taken by this idea of near death. I almost lost you that he pretty much right on the pier soaking wet. And you ever see somebody revive like this from being drowning? Well, not in Usually, real life, like on TV I have, or something. Yeah. I have seen it in real life at a pool when I was growing up and it doesn't go as neat and nice as this. At least this it's old guy that I saw. all the time? No, no. He threw up all over the place and had blood coming out of his nose. It was awful. It is a, it's a memory etched in my mind and I'm thinking like Gwen's throwing up as Peter is on one knee. She's vomiting. She, uh, but yeah, he asked, will you marry me? And the thing, though, 
And actually, before that, one of the big moments, and I thought there are some things in this that I really like that I wish went a little further, uh, things that I think are cool, because this is a thing where Peter brings Gwen up, and as he revives her, and probably after she throws up, he still has the Spider-Man outfit on. He he has a suit on. This is the person who Gwen thinks killed her dad. And she freaks out that Peter, now she knows his identity. She freaks out. She's like, you killed my dad, all this. And I thought, okay, now that would be a weird twist, right? Where he ends yeah. up saving her, but now she knows his identity and never talks to him again. But it only lasts a couple panels. I thought that was very interesting. And I didn't even think about it because Peter is freaking out so much. He takes the mask off to give her CPR. And then she ends up, you know. Oh my God, Peter, you're, you're Spider-Man. Huh? But you end up with the whole idea, uh, you know, what did my dad say at the end? He said to take care of you, which of course Peter really didn't do, but also <laughs> the idea uh, that George Stacy knew that he was Peter and he thinks he was fine with it. And Gwen, it, it's too quick. You know what I mean? For Gwen yeah. to be like, all right. Oh, yeah. Not she only changes just, her mind real fast. Yeah. And it's, it's just basically, oh my God, you're the stinking Spider-Man. You killed my dad. Yeah, but your dad liked me. Oh, really? Yeah. And will you marry me? Yes. It's jumping from one to the other a little quickly. But I did like that little bit. And then they make out. She probably has that breath-like throw up from being you know, given CPR. And they go off and they're going to set up a wedding. They're going to have a wedding. Well, that's where Goblin, he, he just goes up and he, he just calls like, hey, call every gangster in New York. Let's gather because I'm just going to walk in and yell that now I'm ruling all of you because I killed Spider-Man. And usually with these things that's happened, I think one of the times I saw it, it might have even been Tarantula who claimed <laughs> this. And, and it always ends up where they don't realize that these gangsters, they, they want proof. You can't just go into a room and say, I killed Spider-Man. I'm the leader because uh, they went and there's never proof. No. And then Spider-Man ends up showing up yeah. every time. And he does show up. He uses, Almost you know, the on, signal. On like clockwork as soon as yeah. they start mentioning his name. Yeah. So he comes in and he starts, he, he just wallops Green Goblin. That, and he's pretty much at this point, he is as mad as he was as if Gwen died. And also, you have to remember, too, that Green Goblin knows his identity. So with all of this going on and the Green Goblin just leaving the scene, having that identity, it's also the idea, you know, it's going to mess with Gwen. It's going to mess with Aunt all those. So he looks like and even kind of admits at one point that he almost kills Green Goblin. He is going for gusto here. What happened to him being sick? Because he beats the crap out of Goblin. He's then, all over town after all this All happens. the gangsters, there are at least 20 guys here, attack to the point where Goblin says it's uncanny. These are the deadliest killers in the city and they're not even slowing them down. Well, what happened? Because he stressed so much that that flu was slowing him down and does it in this alternate deal. And that's what I thought was the big faux pas of this whole issue, because now you're going to rely on Goblin sitting there like, oh, man, that that's Spider-Man. He's inhuman. He, he can beat up everybody. Well, you never get a mention again of the sickness or have the flu or anything like that. As he goes, uh, you have Goblin throw a small. wonder if in this alternate version when she's saved, he just doesn't have it. No, no, he says it at the beginning. When you yeah. go to the alternate deal, he actually says it again. So I thought, really, you messed up. You done messed up, Tony Isabella, <laughs> who blocked us a long time ago, so he can't hear. But so <laughs> you end up going off, and you know, 
Goblin gets away, and the big thing is that he has Peter's identity. This is not now the Norman's not going to die at this point. He's also not going to, you know, get the amnesia right now. He's going off, and he ends up putting a manila folder. He ends up sending the identity. It's very similar to the Daredevil Born Again story that I'm talking, where Goblin throws the identity, mails it to Spidey's biggest, you know, enemy. And I, I, I don't know why I did not think of J. Jonah Jameson. I didn't think at all I because I was thinking that bad guys. That surprised me in this issue. I, I'm that telling did. you, I was thinking Kingpin maybe, things like that. And he ends up doing it. It's J. Jonah Jameson. It makes sense. And it is crazy because of all these things going on. Spider-Man ends up just destroying these gangsters. He, yeah. he just ends up, they are all knocked down. And yeah, so he knows where Goblin's going to go. He knows he's going to go over to Harry. He's going to go follow him over there. And in the meantime, you know, Norman is saying to Harry, you know, I'm the Goblin. I'm giving you a chance to kind of join in with me, father, son. You know, I, you're worthless, but we'll do it. All these things. And, uh, Good you know, that, that, uh, Harry Norman. doesn't want it. Harry's like, I don't know. And Harry, he's the nicest guy here. And then the worst and then the nicest because he, he, but it is Tony Isabella writes it well because Harry will try to, you know, this is a guy who will say to his dad, you can't be this bad, please. We can help you, whatever. But if Spider-Man does anything to, you know, not, then he's going to get mad at Spider-Man, which you end up having him tell Harry, you know, Spider-Man's Peter Parker, all this. Harry doesn't, you know, understand or want to believe anything, but Spider-Man comes and then you end up having Norman. And, and I like the way what they do here is they have Norman take off the mask so that you can get that idea of Harry seeing his dad getting the crap kicked out of him at points. Yeah. It doesn't just, it's not just the goblin, the it goblin, is my right. dad. There's and, an emotional uh, attachment there. But again, this is the goblin who now it seems like in this that there isn't going to be going back. It, you know, it, for some reason in my mind, if they keep going with this, it, it's pretty much goblin from now on until Harry wants to help him. But yeah, you end up having Harry even go to you know knock spidey in the back and and the weirdest thing he's in there's peter he's in the apartment there is you know green goblin norman there's his buddy (laughs) harry he ends up getting a spider sense turns around sees harry's gonna hit him over the head with whatever that candlestick i don't know candlestick it's like you know colonel mustard in the library he's gonna hit him who else does spider-man think this is there's nobody else in the Only room. Only one other he, person in the Marvel Universe with that type of hair. And yeah, and, and he's fighting him <laughs> as Goblin. So he turns around, he wallops Harry and then goes, oh my, I didn't realize it was Harry. <laughs> he says, I reacted. It was just my reactions. He knows damn well it's Harry. He turns he around and that sees him. Shot. Yeah, that's all he wanted. He's like, take this eraser head, boom, boy. and hits him. And he, and he goes, I struck out instinctively, didn't realize it was ha- – who the hell else did you think it was? Harry just goes flying. And, and then Peter feels bad, <laughs> and I swear to God, this is, this is what would cause in this universe – Harry's going to have a lot of mental problems. He ends up hitting that windowsill. I think he's got knocked silly. Uh, but, yeah, you're going to go back and forth with this. So when – Harry is there and Spider-Man's attention is him. Now Norman is going to do his nonsense. And what he's going to do is <laughs> blow up the building. Yeah. That's his plan. Kill here. Everybody. He, he has gone to a point of, I am going to destroy everybody here, including myself. We're all going to die. I'm going to bring the building down. 
And what I do like about this, because it is a what if, because it is a, you know, alt universe type deal and Elseworlds story, you don't know what's going to happen. Anybody can die. Anybody, because it doesn't really matter. But you see where Norman hears Harry talk like, that's my dad. I'd love him. And he's like, oh, you know, I was wrong. Um, he throws this detonator down, which it makes me laugh that I thought it was going to hit and blow up. Uh, and then you end up having Spider-Man want to take Norman in. But Harry convinces him, no, 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 don't do that. I'm going to make my dad better. We're going to take him to the clinic. We're going to do all these things. I don't know if they have crazy schizoid supervillain rehab here in this video. But that's where they're going Uh, But yeah, because he's like, please let me do this If we're going to be friends, you know And I do like where you end up having In in a twist here The whole goblin thing End with Harry Still friends with Peter Not insane, not not going off To be the goblin at this point This actually, for the most part Is a happy ending for a lot of people In this just not Peter. <laughs> There's trouble coming <laughs> his way. Goes quickly for him. Yeah, and you end up where he goes back to talk to Gwen. They go and tell Aunt May, hey, we're going to get married. Aunt May t- can tell right away. And I think that what Tony Isabella wants to do as well, he ain't going to let you see Mary Jane in this issue at all because no, they, he doesn't want anybody to be like, oh, man, you know, he really blew it, that yeah. Peter Parker by you know, saving that Gwen. The jive so talking she's not, Mary Jane. Yeah, she is. She, hey there, Dad. She's not in this. <laughs> she, she ends up, she doesn't even go to the wedding. She's off with Harry and Norman at the clinic. There, you know, and uh, you end up having Jay Jonah. But the, the wedding happens very quick. They're going to get it ready. Flash is pretty good in this. I like Flash. I, I always like the Flash that you know is a nice guy to Peter. And this is him, like, hey, you better get married quick, Parker. I'm going to take that blonde for myself. Yeah, they're you know joking <laughs> around, but he goes to talk to uh, Gwen. And it's funny, too, because Peter does go against that whole deal. He goes to see the the bride before the ceremony. That's bad luck. She says that the issue being is once they get to the wedding, the crap is going to hit the fan and you're not going to get a nice moment between these two. And that's what you want to have. People are going to read this. What if and want to have a nice last moment with Peter and Gwen. And they have it before the wedding where they say they love each other so much. We're going to be happy for so long. And even at the wedding, you have flash looks like he's the best man. You have Robbie Roberts and Joe, you know, walking Gwen down the aisle, very proud as if, you know, that's his daughter as they're going. And Aunt May's crying. Well, as this is going on there, about to get married and all of a sudden the police break him with Jay Jonah. There he is, Parker. And they, the police are going to arrest him because he got the letter. That's who Goblin sent it to. Basically the proof that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Jay Jonah at the point, they're going to end up having an issue. You know, what did he do that you can consider a crime? I mean, they are going to arrest him and work this out, see what they can do. Jay Jonah's just mad because he got duped. That's all he is. And he thinks that every time that Peter gave him photographs, he was laughing at him. Robbie doesn't like it. Robbie's like, what are you doing? That's still Peter. You know, that's that's the kid that you love, the kid that looks at you like a dad sometimes. And and you're doing this. How many times has Spider-Man saved your life? All these things that the police come in blazing that they are shooting guns. I actually thought everybody's going to die. Aunt May (laughs) seems to have had a heart attack. They say she fainted. Then they say there's more to it. And 
Fe- it may faded. Uh, that's just a normal Tuesday in the oh Marvel my God, universe. I know it is. I, seriously, <laughs> and, and really, if she's about to die, that's just a Wednesday, <laughs> a Tuesday night, and she ends up there where oh, you end Daddy. up where she. Oh, my Peter, that awful Spider-Man! Ah, and she falls over. Oh, give her, give her some room. Is there a doctor in the house? Well, I love this. Then where you end up having the police. Uh, grabbing Peter, they're going to take him in, and he just busts out of it. And then everybody's oh, like, wouldn't. "Man, he is Spider Man." Not going to jail either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, "Screw this!" Uh, Flash is screaming, you know, "Don't shoot people!" Everybody's here. They do fire a gun right next to Gwen. I think she's deaf yeah, no, for, for no, the they, time being. That's the true I mean, death of Gwen Stacy. Yeah, by really. The th- there's the gun like right next to. Well, while you have that, Peter just jumps out the window of the church. I mean, this is. <laughs> Worst wedding he better ever. be Spider-Man or his delusions yeah, are going to kill him. And, and it's funny, too, because he doesn't even go right away with this idea of like, no, 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 like, you're mistaken. I better get a good lawyer. I, I got to, you know, do something to convince get them I'm not. No, it's, yeah, he's pretty Quick much crow, crow. the jig is up and gone. He is out that window. Instead of throwing rice, they're throwing shards of glass and bullets at him. He gets out. Gwen just starts yelling at the police. Oh, my God, you mindless fools. <laughs> but, yeah, there's Jay Jono so happy with himself. He is so happy. Starting Bobby all this so drama. mad. And he does say, how dare you? Actually says, how could you? How but dare you? I'll use the how dare you. And, yeah, Jonah just ends up really being mad that he was duped. This is not as much the Spider-Man. And that's why he would turn in Peter, who he loves. You know, yeah, he rips him apart all the time. And, you know, he's the old skin flint, things like that. But he does love Peter. And so does Robbie. And Jay Jonah's just like, nope, I'm doing it. He ends up, I love it too, where he ends up having the big deal where he's the headline of catching spider. All yeah. this stuff. Robbie just uh, he gets writes it. his own headlines here oh, in yeah. this case. And, and he even said that at the point, I waited till you went home, Robbie. And then I printed it up because I knew you'd have a problem. Well, screw you. He's like, I am done. I am done with the Daily Bugle. Screw you. I'm off. I'm going off. And then gets Gwen and says, come on, let's go see what we can do for May Parker. And also, I need a new job. And maybe, you know, we can go off and, and get uh, the headline off before it gets from the Bugle. All these things. Because you, Robbie wants to write the story for Peter. Hey, we're going to write that Peter Parker's a great guy story. In the meantime, Peter's on the run. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's just gone. And he's that's kind of just. Oh, yeah, he is. He's he's looking for the one-armed man is what he's doing going <laughs> off where he's just sitting there looking from. And I love it, too, where he, they know he's Spider-Man, yet they're all just sitting outside his apartment. They have nobody on the roof. It, like, this is Spider-Man. He can kind of elevate himself to different places. That they're all just outside his apartment. Everybody's yelling and screaming. And he's like, yep, I guess I am on the run and I got to figure out. And you you end it. With this idea of Peter saying to himself, well, maybe I'm going to go off to be a villain now. And I might be the menace that <laughs> no, Jake Jonah always claimed I am. Who knows? And I I'm know. like, really? Is that, is that what's going to go on? Yeah, that was and then a weird. The, and, that, and then it kind of ends and we get this eternal yeah, thing. Ends. And it's funny oh, like, too. You end you well. That's that's the next. Yeah, that's just the next deal. I, I just was going with this because then you just end with the end with when well, Launcher looks like he's eating a little too many snacks. First of all, and then he's like, and so a troubled man. And it's always any of these Elseworlds things. Like we even had almost like the what ifs, uh, the dark multiverse at DC, and it does always end 
where you can almost see like Rod Serling talking at the end of the Twilight Zone, and he's like, "And so a troubled man That's stands all and of these what ifs, especially yep. the early ones, really yeah. end that way and with the fate of society at stake. That, that might have just been the whole premise be? for this what if to start. Yeah, now it is. That I and think it's about like it. only yeah. time will tell. Time and the Watcher. And what I like is there's Peter. Looks like he's like. The hell is that guy over there? It looks like he's looking around. Like, it's like he might have been able he... to help me. Yeah, what's the hell is this guy talking about? He seems to know what's going on. Yeah, why why do he do this? But then you get the the deal where if this was almost like what you would think, like the movie where you know, hey, nobody cares about me, and then you go and say, like, you expect this. Why can't we go back to just Gwen being dead, please? <laughs> dead. But yeah, that's that's the end of the deal of that story, and. uh I, I the thing is, I didn't mind some parts. I actually like the idea of Norman and Harry kind of going to work out their problems a bit. Like it doesn't lead well. Like if you would have kept going on, you don't. Have, Mary Jane would have been completely out, and in my mind, would have married Harry if this would have continued on as the regular deal. But some of it I did actually like. It's a lot of these stories, these what ifs. They're, they're going to be these crazy stories you know like just whacked out crazy stories this isn't as crazy i like that you take that moment the huge moment in spider-man's history and see what would happen if it didn't but you end up starting out a little slow but by the time you go it's okay it just ends yeah. pretty much with a non-ending <laughs> you're yeah. like well i hope i'm not just gonna be a menace start, it, you know i wish they would have cut out some of i don't know the bickering that back beginning. and forth and in the yeah. The parts that were kind of like the emotional aspects of the issue and got to, is Peter going to go bad? How's he going to get himself yeah. out of this? Because that's kind of the cliffhanger I'm interested yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if you continued or something like that. But uh, I'd give it an 8 out of 10, though. I thought the art was really good. And I thought the art yeah, really the art did end up very reminiscent of the original as well. And this is, you know, years later, this is 1980. So I, I kind of like that you got all that going on. And even with what appeared to be 15 inkers, it did look good. <laughs> it did look pretty good. It so did. what would you give it? Yeah, I'm going to give it a seven, five. Uh, uh, there were a few parts that were a little slow to me. And I was, uh, you know, the Gwen Stacy stuff in the very beginning, I'm like, well, I, I know this, I actually skipped over it. Yeah. And then uh, well, I'm reading it again. I'm like, did, are they telling me the same thing again? It, I got into it after that, but the start was a little slow for me, I would say. Yeah, yeah it was. I did love so what, the art, though. Did you say a, a score? Yeah, 7-5, uh, se- uh, I think I said. The or guy seven. is drunk! One of those two. I think you I might forget be already. My memory is, uh, I mean, like these <laughs> kids shot. are beating my brain. And- yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with you. My kids are <laughs> older. Uh, they're legitimately beating my brain, so that's what they're doing. Uh, I'm being and, mentally dominated by a seven-year-old yeah, on a daily basis. Yeah. It's taking yeah, a toll on me. Yeah, my kids just end up sitting around screaming and yelling all day yeah, that's all they do that's all yeah. they do <laughs> me me and my youngest son went uh food shopping today we end up doing all the food shopping coming back we you know take in the groceries which that's kind of the rule if we do the shopping they're supposed to uh my middle two there they were still sleeping it's two in the afternoon i'm like you you guys better get up and start helping then they finally get up right as we put all the groceries away only to then try to eat all of the groceries yeah. oh in one yeah day. it's not nothing that drives me crazier than the no. rush my wife does it well, too. the rush on the and, groceries when they come in oh the door like, can i get these I put away before it. you guys eat it all and and i do like i actually when i do shop i like to say that i'm the unselfish shopper usually i end up i try to pick some meals that i'm gonna make but i also get individual things that i think you know one or two of them will like or my wife things like that so i like when they 
help me unpack. So I'm like, oh, I got you this. But when I say I got you this, it's supposed to be this for the week, not this for two hours. And that's what it always ends up. And my son Rafe has the real bad deal of he'll say you get him a turkey a whole turkey right you like, hey i got you a whole cooked turkey here we go he will take it he has his uh he has a basement uh Bedroom. bedroom now. Now, he ended yeah. up moving his bedroom. He cleaned out the basement. You got a mini fridge because... down there yet? You'll never no, see No, not yet. But he, the basement, though, actually opens up to the door in the kitchen. So really, he only has to go upstairs, and he has more of an access to the kitchen than anybody else. But he only did that because I screamed and yelled because he screams and yells all the time. We had so many problems. <laughs> you, you know yeah. that. Oh, yeah, he yeah. was in the room right next to said, things have got to change. So he goes down there. Well, he would get this, this turkey. Hey, I got you this whole turkey. He would take it downstairs to maybe eat two bites out of a leg and then leave the rest on the floor. Oh, just to, just that's what happens it. all the time. I just keep getting him things and even things that are for the whole family. And I go down. I'm like, where is this? I go down. It's just there. He had opened it three days before, whether it's, you know, lunch meat or, or you know, fro- anything. Gross. It's just the worst. Plus, he has a really bad deal of opening up milk and never putting the oh, cap back disgusting. on. And the cap is always missing. I can't find it. The cap is gone. Me. I, I know there's not a lot of things falling off my fridge, but just unopened yeah. things in the fridge creep me I know. out. I don't like well, it. Well, uh, here's what I – now, milk, I'm so used to it. But the other day, I go to make a sandwich. I go to make a, a nice little buffalo chicken lunch yeah, meat. So that. I'm going to make yeah, a buffalo good. chicken sandwich. I go, and I like to put a little mayo with my buffalo chicken sandwich, and I go, and the mayo's open with a spoon sticking out of it. I'm like, oh. what, what were you eating? Like a bowl of cereal? Are you just eating mayonnaise? I was so mad. That's Plus, gross. he has he ends up having a friend that keeps coming over to sleep over, which I'm against. But the kid keeps coming over, and I say to them, "We're not here to feed him. This isn't feeding time." Uh, but when they end up, they stay up. To, they stay up until like three thirty in the morning, so nobody's stopping them. They start eating stuff, and I go downstairs the next day. And I can see the stuff. Last night, it was cinnamon toast crunch. They ate two bags of it. It was one of those big, you know, things from BJ's. Gone. Just gone. I said, what's up with the cinnamon toast crunch? I don't know. I don't like it. That's what Rafe said. I'm like, well, I think Jackson does. Because I went downstairs then and found it in bowls, not even eaten. I'm like, I'm going to kill somebody. I am going to kill somebody. The next book is World War Hulk Part 2. It is. Written by Greg Pak. I think Hulk's going to kill by, somebody as well. Oh, okay. I'm, telling you, I'm telling you. Pencils by John Romita Jr. Inks by Klaus Janssen. Colors by Christina Strain. Letters by Chris Eliopoulos. And you go in and, and there were a bunch of tie-ins that, that we aren't going to cover. There were a bunch of tie-ins in between these two issues. Uh, what I do like and don't like about this issue, because I did like this issue, and, and I do, there's only one character in this issue that I f- kind of don't like John Romita Jr.'s art. Besides that, <laughs> I did like everyone. Yeah, I it, think it's, it's an improvement for his art compared to what we got oh, the I think first it's issue. Great. I actually yeah. really like his art in this issue. I don't like his Johnny Human Torch because he he has, he does have a very pencil heavy line heavy drawing deal and and i'm telling you it looks like johnny is just made of 
I don't know, all those grooves and things in them, and you really only see them from the back at one point, drove me nuts. I hated it. But the other things, there's some big action scenes, and that's what this is. Now, the thing that I like about it is that you end up being caught up, even from our last issue, but you end up easing in. The problem is you're easing in and not really getting much past that. So I start thinking to myself, is this whole five issues that are the main numbered World War Hulk, are we just using these to kind of catch up on what we miss if fights. we didn't read yeah. the tie-ins. And, and it's, it is just big fights. Now, with that, the fights are pretty cool. Uh, they end up being very personal at points. You end up having Jennifer. You have She-Hulk trying to stop. And it really is a succession of people that are being sent to try to, you know, try to talk some reason in the Hulk, but we know he won't be reasoned and trying to calm him down. And in the meantime, it does seem like they need him to calm down a little bit so that they can kind of do their deal. Dr. Strange is going to try to do something. They're still trying to get a hold of Sentry or at least convince Dr. him Strange to go. Dr. Strange turned into things. an owl at the beginning of this book. Really. Yeah. Now, I I like most of this issue. It's just it is just big scenes. It's very big scenes, very big things. One of the quickest uh, thirty-five page comics I've ever read in my life. But I I liked it. And again, this is where when we were talking the first time last week, the idea of if they did make a World War Hulk movie. Boy, it'd be action packed. I yeah. mean, really, that's that's I really that, what uh, it would how be. How they never did that is is a disappointment. Yeah. And you know, you ended up having Hulkbuster armor last issue, and that just got demolished. So you start off with you know even Iron Fist, like man, you know, and they ended up really crushing Iron Man. We got to work out this whole deal, and you do have that next bit. It's the same. Hey. You know, Stephen, why don't you just kind of, you know, snap Hulk out of here? And he's like, I can't do that. We already kind of did that. But he wants to try to work something. He is searching for a hero. He says the only one that can defeat and redeem the Hulk in the same instant. But my spell will only work if he lets me in. And this is all the thing where you are going to try to dupe the Hulk a couple times in this issue. And it, it doesn't work. But the beginning is, you know, you you have the bunch of Avengers teams as well. And that's something where when you go back and you're not really reading in the now that you have to kind of look and you end up having the new Avengers, which is the beginning that starts with Doctor Strange, Echo, Iron Fist, Ronan, Luke Cage, and Spider-Man yeah. and Spider-Woman that they say they're out. And in, in the meantime, Spider-Woman's a scroll at this point, <laughs> everybody. But you also have. The Mighty Avengers, which is Ares, Miss Marvel, Wonder Man, Doc Sampson, She-Hulk, which I like that team a lot. And, yeah. and you, you get these things here. And I even like that new Avengers team is pretty cool as well. But they're all kind of on their sides doing things while you also have the Fantastic Four with Storm, Black Panther, Mr. Fantastic, Invisible Woman thing and all that stuff going on. But it pretty much is... Hey, your turn. All right. Yep. You know, you, you end up Let's having the Mighty Avengers. Let's see what we can Avengers. throw at him this time to try yeah. to slow him down. The Mighty Avengers show up and you, you end up, Ares is going to go and just attack him, you know, with his axe. And you have Jennifer, they do say she just got. Work. I know. I mean, really, I guess he's just going for it, right? <laughs> but they even have the idea of, whoa, 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 you know, watch out for that She-Hulk. She just got her powers back and we don't know if she's going to side with the Hulk. And she's like, really, I'm not going sides. I, this, You know, I want to get Bruce. I want to make sure that this doesn't escalate anymore. And this does show you that there's Hulk, right? 
He doesn't have any problems with She-Hulk. She didn't do anything to him, and yet he just goes ham on her. He just be so. This is beyond just him coming and saying, "I'm going to take care of those individual guys." You know, Iron Man, Doctor Strange, Mister Van. He's just going to. If anybody gets in his way, he is going to end up beating the crap out of him, and he really does end up just beating the crap out of She Hulk. She gets a punch in. It's a pretty good punch, yeah, but he just then goes. And and even with Puts this, this through the ground, like you can't oh, do yeah. that to your cousin. Come on. I know, and, and she's there and she's like, God help us. I mean, he really just ba boom, as that's going on, you then end up having like every Avengers team now is on the attack. You end up having new Avengers, the rest of the mighty, and they are all gonna go as Bruce. You know, Hulk shows that he is not going to stop. He's not even going to stop for his cousin. There's only going to be a couple people who he may stop for, which they're going to try to take advantage. But this fight and even just the idea of how the motion is played out when Hulk goes to punch Jennifer and she she actually avoids the one. So you have really good. I'm telling you, this is one of the better things that I have seen that we have dealt with personally with John Romita Jr. I have not read a ton of John Romita Jr., but this is head and shoulders above anything he's done at DC. Yeah. It looks really good. Yeah, he's and, really and fell Hulk, off since he's gone over there. Yeah. Man, Hulk's just badass. He ends up where Ares then tries to you know, use his axe. He misses because Hulk moves, and then he just gets devastated well then you end up and i think that one of the most disappointing things in this the the thing that i'm not interested in really much at all is the whole war band the whole you know yeah his all his side characters yeah i'm not interested in them at all I'm really the war bound of Sakaar. And when they end up again, like we had in the Their first issue. Their names are issue, all too hard to remember anyway. Nah, t- I can't read half of them. You, you end up with a roll call <laughs> that I can't. I'm like, okay, you got magic and <laughs> yep. yellow cat. But I don't know these characters. I know Korg. Might as well be Russian names. Yeah, Korg's yeah. the only one I know. I like Korg. And and I'll go with no name of the brood because he got no name. I don't mind that. I know the brood. But Korg is the only guy. That I really care about. I know him I, more I really, from the movie. If he wasn't in the yeah. movie, I wouldn't have even I cared about him, him as in much, this but book at least, either. You know, he's the Rocky. You know, he's kind of like the space thing. I just picture his movie and, voice every time he opens his mouth. I I'm do like, too. Oh, Korg, yeah, I enjoy so you so much. You end up where we want to see. We want to see <laughs> Hulk uh, kicking butt, which we do get. But then you have to kind of get the war bound involved. And they, they even in the issue, even Greg Pak seems to kind of make them an aside. Yeah. They're not oh, really they definitely that feel like an aside. big. I mean, they just kind of end up there. And I think that why you end up having them for the most part is just so that, number one, you don't have 70 guys attacking Hulk at once. And then you end up having to explain how Hulk can beat up. And he yeah. can, but yeah, he really. <laughs> but you still, just get really yeah. mad. Everyone's jumping. Yeah. Right? You just need to have some people fight other things. You know, you need to have Spider-Woman shoot Venom Blast at the Brood. And you need to, you know, all these things. You need Miss Marvel to fight somebody. You need to end up. So you, you have to have these other guys, but they're really just an aside. They really don't really hit for me, but the fighting's pretty good. And I, I do see that I'm looking to him when you have Quirk, when he's fighting, he has that motion too. It seems like John Romita Jr. is really, you know, enamored with this right now, but I think it's cool. But you go off then 
to the Fantastic Four. They're trying to figure out what they can do. They got the big weapon going on. You have storm fueling and all these things going on as they're trying to figure things out. And you end up having Mr. Fantastic even telling everybody here, listen, you guys get away. He's going to come for me. It's my fault, you know, and, and, you know, yeah, Black Panther basically says, yeah, yeah, it is is your your fault, fault. but it's now everybody's deal because he's attacking the world. As, as you see, unfortunately, they're watching the play by play of Doc Samson getting the crap kicked out of him there. He's just laying there in in these, uh, you know, in the video screens and like, okay, we got to figure out out of every comic I've ever read, really seen Doc Samson, quote unquote, win a fight he was in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's (laughs) just laying there and he's laying there in a heap. He's just there. He's a doc. You know, that's what happens. <laughs> so he ends up, I want to I see his degree. You end up where <laughs> right. you, you have, and I'll, I'll tell you, I said that Johnny Storm was the only character that I really didn't like. I don't like this Black Panther much either. He he just looks too big in my mind, too, like overly muscular. Yeah. But he ends up where I think that's Sue how even t- uh, Romita did that run with, um, what's his yeah. name? Uh, I, I know I'm what you're blanking, talking about. Blanking on the name. No, he was, was with DC Deathstroke. It was with Priest. Priest. Yeah, Priest. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was the big deal. Yeah. He ended up doing it and it did look like that. So it was that bulky uh, Black Panther. I don't really like that look, but Hulk is on his way there to Reed. Sue just tells Reed to shut up and, you know, <laughs> you, you better end up stopping this. And one of the things that is Figure good as out, we go, hubby. because, yeah, they're they're coming and that's where you see. Human Torch Johnny is like read, and I just I just don't like those lines. It ends up looking like he's got like shoulder pads or something. I just don't like it. But they end up coming, so you have the Warbound and Hulk, and all you care about is Hulk. He shows up. You end up having Storm trying to stop him. One of the big things of this though is I like seeing the the Fantastic Four teaming up and trying to take down. And it looks like they might have won. You end up, well, though I don't like when Johnny's shooting fire at Hulk and says, I think I hear thunder. And like, yeah, it kind of <laughs> adds in with, you know, Storm's lightning. When I didn't like that. That's not really good Johnny's trash talk there. Uh, but it doesn't, it doesn't do anything. You end up, and they even say at the one point in this issue, Hulk is seven times, a million times worse than he's ever been. And, and this Warbound, they're about what each of them is what Hulk used to be. They, you know, So they have all of these Hulks and Super Hulk. We're in big trouble. Though, again, the Warbound, I'm like, yeah, whatever. But yeah, they end up frying Hulk and he just walks right out of it. It, it doesn't even. So yeah, he's what real you would mad. want. Yeah. And yeah, he this is the best is he doesn't walk away from the explosion. The the explosion walks away from him. <laughs> he He's just in the middle of it. He just waits. He's that that's badass. But you end up where if you're going to have big fights, if you're going to have these big, you know, the thing versus the Hulk is is pretty good. I, you know, that that is a wow moment. You want to see that. But you can only think that Ben is in big, big trouble here because of the idea that if if the thing and Hulk fight normally, there, there's trouble. Yeah. This this is super powered Hulk. Hulk. Yeah. I mean, this is super Hulk. But Ben is going to do even when they said you're not going to beat him, and he's like, listen, you know, old Ma Grim, Mrs. Grim didn't he raised no the baby, and I'm going. It's clobbering time, and he goes, and you're like, all right, you're getting the you're getting the catchphrases, you're going, and yeah, they just start fighting, and again, there's that motion deal that he seems to really. But when you have Hulk 
end up just smashing Ben's face like on both sides. It's pretty intense. It looks really good. It, it's a real intense deal. You end up having all of the people watching are all, you know, good and bad guys like, oh, my God, you know, somebody's going to die here. And it looks like Ben's going to die. It does look like he's going to die. And Sentry shows up and says, hey, Hulk, and this has been what we were told. If Sentry comes, the only one who can calm down the Hulk, the only one who can maybe talk sense into him. The thing that is funny is that they're telling us this through the characters in this issue. And it seemed to look, hey, there he is. The only friend that could ever calm him down. The, The issue is, is that it is Reed with a disguise. It is Reed funneling in sentry you know power to try to dupe the hulk with the steel why do you try to shake the hulk's hand yeah why would you ever grab the hand i I mean i know we missed some tie-ins here so maybe that's where the answer lies and and i don't know i didn't read any of them just the thing is i think that he just just talked to last issue that was like our cliffhanger right yeah and he didn't want to get involved we find out later in this he's at home watching tv but with this is you end up where Hulk squeezes that it's not a hand that Hulk grabs onto. It is a mechanized thing that is on Reed's hand. It doesn't feel like it shouldn't feel like a hand. Why are you saying, come on, Hulk, let me lead you away? No, no, no. You say, hey, come on. I don't want to get touchy feely here. Let's have some social distance here. There, Hulk, let's go. Nope. He tries to hold his hand and Hulk just smashes the device that's on Reed and then smashes the crap out of Reed. Reed. I I mean, how Reed actually survives any of this is beyond me. (laughs) And the thing, though, that I love in this is Hulk just starts right before he is going to destroy Reed. He tells Sue, because Sue says, stop, Bruce. And he ends up, and I'm telling you that what the Hulk tells Sue, Sue probably is just like, Yep, you're right, Hulk. I'm going out of here. Just do whatever you want to my husband. Because he says, if I set a bomb, killed your husband, killed your children, your whole world, you wouldn't stand for this. Sue tries to say, Reed didn't do that. And that's where Hulk just stops her and says, would you ever stop? And then she's like, you you don't have to do this. I know you appreciate it. Like, she's not going to answer. Because mm-hmm. the answer, and we've seen the answer, the answer is she would never stop. We've seen this just even in the dance. Yeah, well, when they're run. going to get Franklin recently too yeah. in the X Men. I'm saying in the new run, she even does this that she will stop. Yeah, and in the more in the X Men versus Fantastic Four that deal where yeah she's going to go get Franklin no matter what she's going to go through anybody. So th- this is what Bruce is doing. And yeah, I, I think Sue, even though she's going to try to convince him, she's not going to be able to stop the Hulk. She's going to have to try. And she can't. And I think that you end up having her in the back of her mind, like, well, if Reed dies, it is kind of his fault. She <laughs> actually said it earlier. Like, hey, you know, you, you gotta, you know, go with what you sell. Or so you have the Hulk just destroying Reed. I mean, as it's going on, he is completely losing control of any sort of control of his body. And he just looks like 80 million ribbons just all around. He is stretched around this whole place. Thing is out cold. You end up having desperate Sue call Bob Reynolds, call Sentry again, who's just sitting there. He's trying to, you know, he's not going to get involved. He's Switzerland. He's going to stay neutral in all this. And she says, we failed. And as she's saying it, you see, 
the city is, is going to be on fire, all of it soon. And like we tried to do it without you, even though if I was Sentry and I found out about this, I'd be real pissed that they tried to dupe Hulk using his deal. And so I, I would be pretty mad. They said it didn't work. You know, we need you now. We need you, the hero. He's just sitting there. And again, there's the classic John Romita Jr. that I know. It again looks like that Ulysses in his Superman run with <laughs> yeah, Jeff Johns. But it, he's it just sitting exact there. exact copy he, of Ulysses. He really does. And, and really, that Ulysses pretty much was Sentry anyway. Kind of like him. But you end up where everything's going wrong. You, you end up having the Hulk. They tried to dupe him. And if you look at this panel, it is the Warbound and Hulk walking through the streets of New York with the Fantastic Four. The uh, both Avengers team, they're just dragging the characters behind <laughs> them. Uh, and you even see Spider-Man's back there. I mean, everybody has been just defeated as this. And you have our favorite guy who steps up and steps up without any sort of powers or anything here. Steps up. And it's Rick Jones, which we love Rick Jones. <laughs> Rick Jones, to me, is like one of those where, in my mind, when they say that the Flash has to be involved in any DC event, Rick Jones has to be involved in any event that that Marvel has. And I love when he shows up and he does. And he's like, hey, Hulk, what's going on? He's like, Rick Jones. And and this is the old deal of like, who sent you? Are you a dupe? Are you trying to fix this? You know, Captain America. Someone whispered to Rick Jones, he's going to be going to hell. Get the heck out of there. Yeah, really. (laughs) And, And so with this, they're like, oh, you know, who sent you, Captain America? And this actually makes Hulk kind of step aside a little. It makes him kind of think of it because he's like, Cap's dead. And you end up, Hulk's like, huh. And doesn't he just kind of looks and like, and then he says, a lot has happened since you've gone away. And the funny thing is like, a lot has happened since you've been away. Not something to say to a guy that got sent into space to become a gladiator, yeah. then a king, then blown up. That uh, but he says, there, yeah. and, and he kind of does say, you know, the, those guys, they screwed you. They they really did. I mean, they ended up doing stuff to you that was nonsense. And I, I don't agree with it. But, uh, you know, you may go nuts, but nine times out of ten, I wish you were here because when things went bad after you left, you were always the one that maybe you'd go crazy, but you'd go crazy at the bad guys. And, you know, while you think you're doing that now, these guys are still the heroes and we kind of need you all that stuff and it's pretty good the problem is and it's the worst because rick jones seems to just be showing up because of his buddy the hulk and bruce banner and it looks like at this point this might end it this might have stopped it where you would have had rick jones come because hulk actually puts his hand on rick's shoulder as if you know what rick i love you and you're right Let's try to work this out. Dr. Strange sees this as the opening because he said he needs the only way he, he could get him clear. to do something. Yeah. yeah. He needs him calm down. He can't go when he's just this complete terror of a thing, which is kind of a weird, you know, way of saying it. It, it almost is the idea. Well, we want to calm him down to make it right, but we have to calm him down so I can now try to get in his mind and screw him again. again. Yeah. yeah. And he, and Dr. Strange says to do this. And it it pisses Hulk off again. They ended up almost stopping it. Rick Jones would have won the day and he would have been our favorite character once again. (laughs) And they screw Hulk by getting in and screw Rick. I I can only think that he's going to be pissed at Rick Jones, but he breaks out of it. 
And that's where, you know, you end up having Dr. Strange, the enchantment work. He must open the door. What happened? And he's like, oh, he's so angry now. But he's angry now because they tried to brainwash him again. Yeah. You jerk. And so this is where you get the big cliffhanger, which is another big one. It's it's a really cool cliffhanger because with all this going down, you end up where, all right, you have a whole deal with Gabrielle Jones from Shields there getting the word. Hey, you know, all of these capes and all that nonsense. Yeah, they failed. Uh, it's time that you civilians and all you nonsense super get out of the way because Thunderbolt Ross, he's coming in with the army and you end up having him. He's like all pumped up with his gun drawn already. Oh, course, and just yeah. all of these Apache helicopters and they're going to come in and just try to nuke the hell out of him. But yeah, it's pretty good. I actually, I actually, with the whole idea of usually with a, an issue like this, I'll usually be like, ah, eh, you know what? We didn't get a lot of story. It's a lot of fights, but the fights are good. And the fights each kind of mean something. You end up having She-Hulk get the crap. That that shows that he's even going to fight his cousin. I know. You end up getting where you know Century will work. Because when Reed was there to pretend he was, it was working, yeah. but it wasn't Sentry and Hulk figured it out, stomped them and then just destroyed them. Then you end up having Rick Jones, which you're getting to see that there are things that can calm the Hulk down. The problem is, is that in the meantime, everybody doesn't want to calm, they want to calm Hulk down to, to get, get rid of to him, again. not calm yeah. him down to calm him Help down, him. Yeah. not calm him down to get their friend back. They are trying to calm him down to pretty much. Screw them over again. And yeah, I'm telling you, I'm surprised that the warbound behind them aren't really talking a lot of trash because if Hulk yeah, they, does they go really good. Have been like, again, we haven't read the tie-ins, but they've been completely absent aside yeah, from a panel yeah. here, panel I'm there. I'm telling you, if if all of a sudden you see just me, I'm not even any powers. Or anything, I'm part of the warbound. They're like, we have all these great inner gl- and, and Jim here. I'm just walking there. I'd be the guy who would be talking so much trash on everyone because I'd be afraid. If Hulk goes good, what's going to happen to the Warbound? They're going to end up getting the crash in the least. Or they'll be stranded. They'll be arrested. I mean, they have a lot at stake here going forward. And boy, I would be talking. Rick Jones, I heard he said something about your mama. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) you got a big fight. I mean, Rick Jones is dead. You end up having Century? Bob Reynolds, that guy? He said that you were not. I'd just be talking so much trash. I just want the Hulk full on angry at all times. But yeah, at the end, I'd give this a nine. I I liked it that much. I really had fun with it. I thought that every battle, though, it seems long of battles. They all meant something to me. All seem pretty cool. And you're still getting that overall story of everybody screwing Hulk and him wanting vengeance. Uh, what would you give it? Uh, I think I'm going to give this like an 885. I'll go 8.5. I mean, I, I enjoyed the Ramita art much better than last issue. Uh, the story was fun and, and just action packed. But uh, I mean, there's there's some blanks you're left filling in because we're not reading the Titans. But I, I, I honestly... My judgment of tie-ins at this point in time in my life, I don't, I don't know how much they would really help anyway. So, yeah, you yeah. know, I, I'm with you. I, I'm I'm not really that. And when even when I'm doing, I'm doing the uh, the on the Patreon the Marvel events podcast and the earlier events. You know, 
at first, everything's kind of a tie-in all around. It's like a crossover event stuff that they really didn't know that they were full out. You know, this is this big. But as you get the events, boy, Marvel and DC's pretty bad too. But Marvel (laughs) gets like hundreds of times. I mean, you go and look at that Civil War and Civil War Two, and you go on the Marvel Unlimited app, and they tell you how many issues are involved. You hit Civil War Two, and you see 132 issues. I'm like, I have one big issue, and that's all those issues. And my lack of any sort of focus where I could get through those. What, you want me to read this story for three years? Holy moly. It, it probably would take me longer. So screw that. Yeah, so, yeah I, I, I said right away, anything. even with my events podcast, I cannot I cannot spend six years on an event. So, you know, the tie-ins get left behind. But I think that this goes, you know, well enough that we're getting that overall deal. I'm sure we're missing the little nuances and things like that. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes from General Ross showing up at the end of this issue uh, to what we get in the number three, which we will continue. I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast before you came on, we are going to start getting some new books. We actually have some digital. Now, I don't know how many people, I still don't think I'm convinced that people are even reading all the DC stuff that is coming out. Some people can't get to the store. Some people can't get to, you know, they yeah, don't it's like different digital. everywhere. It's so and, scattered. Yeah. And so it, it's just odd to try to, I, I ended up having Manship send me a note today because now DC's throwing the wrench in of coming out on Tuesdays. So he ends up sending me the note saying he couldn't even find all the DC stuff and he's afraid he's not going to get the Marvel stuff. But what's coming out this week, if you are into that, and this is on Marvel's side right now, digital only. And I will tell you, the idea of this is not just, hey, we're going to screw the stores uh, because their print stuff's coming back. I actually think that maybe this is a decent way to do some of these things. They're going to put out a bunch of books digitally that aren't selling well. So they're going to have them digital only. You're not Eventually making a cash strap be, store buy yeah, inventory they can't yeah. get rid and of. And they're not going to have things laying around. Yeah. And eventually then after you get the series, say Ant-Man, and this is what's coming out tomorrow. Ant-Man, Avengers of the Wasteland, Ghost Spider, and Ravencroft are the books that are coming out. Ant-Man number four, Avengers of the Wasteland four, Ghost Spider nine, Ravencroft number four. And so they're not going to have print copies of these. The print for these done, these are digital only for the meantime. And then when the series are done, they will have them printed in a trade. Now, it does screw some people. If you ended up having, and I don't know specifically with Ghost Spider, that's a little, but stuff like Ant-Man and things like that seem, and even like the Hawkeye Freefall next, next week that's coming out. So, yeah, it does screw some people that already have some of the issues and then they have, you know, you'd have single to issue collectors it, it, does, mainly. it does end up. But these I think that what's going on, the way that I could uh, explain it as I think it's a good thing. I think some of these series would have just been stopped when we came back from this. They're not selling enough. There's not enough advanced orders that I think, say, an Ant-Man would have just been canceled. You would have never have gotten the end. So at least you'll get the end with this and see. That's me trying to make people not hate me for saying these digital are coming out. But we are going to deal with these. Now, right now, I said at the beginning, and I just looked, it looks like I'll be talking Star Wars Dr. Afra number one for <laughs> the spotlight. Brandon will not get involved with that. that but me and Brandon will be talking... Me? Uh, yeah, me and Brandon <laughs> will be talking Ant-Man number four, which probably mm-hmm. means you have to catch up a bit. 
Uh, I have one issue to catch up, but I'm going to do that tonight and do it in my catch up podcast on Patreon as well. But me and you will be talking Ant-Man number four. I'll be talking Star Wars Dr. Afro, which then leaves for next week. Ravencroft number four. I'm caught up on that. I don't even think you even started reading that. So we'll see what's going on there. Ghost Spider number nine and Avengers The Wasteland number four. I know we'll talk Avengers The Wasteland number four. So that'll be on the Tuesday show next week, along with the World War Hulk. And we'll see what else goes on. We'll see how this all works out. But there are some books coming out. And that's kind of exciting, right? And I, I said, I ended up sending Brandon the whole list of every book from Marvel coming out until the middle of July. And he likes two of them. So I was <laughs> like, there ain't going to be a lot of Brandon talking these books. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we really don't deal with, but we'll see how it goes. But thanks, everybody, for listening. Again, go over to the Twitters at WS Marvel Comics. If you follow us, we'll follow you back. And then you can yell and scream at me. Uh, and then we can have you go to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com. And also, if you'd like to go over to our Patreon account, patreon.com slash weird science support us for this and the other podcasts we do, the DC podcast, but also get a ton of stuff. Like after I'm done with this, I'm going to go record a Patreon show that is going to be Ant-Man number three review along with one of Brandon's favorite DC books, Batman's Grave number six. He loves that book. So I'm going to be yes. having that. But thanks, I everybody. What you're going to talk about other than nothing. I'm going to talk about a fight scene. That's all <laughs> yeah, that book is. I'm still. telling you. In the in the meantime, Brandon, I already recorded that and I got very angry for screaming. <laughs> so I have to actually go and finish by doing the Ant-Man number three. But if you'd like to listen to that and a bunch of other things, go over to our Patreon and check it out. But thanks, everybody. I'll be back in a couple days to continue my Daredevil Born Again spotlight and then have my X-Men catch up. And then me and Brandon will be back next Tuesday night with the big show. So thanks, everybody, and talk to you soon.